0: Well how are you today? Good morning. God bless you. Good afternoon or good evening if that's where you are. We're this is God talk and we've been going through the Daniel chapter 3 wrestling with the questions of evil and suffering with this crazy virus that's all around the world. So whether you're driving, walking, whatever you're doing, give me a few minutes and we'll wrestle with this a little farther. We've been doing the big five. Number 1 even good people are going to suffer. Number two, God is good all the time. Number three, suffering comes from Satan, not from God. Jesus says an enemy has done this. Number four, God is a God of free choice. This is a long historical answer that people have used for a long time, that God has to be careful. He cannot overwhelm people. One writer said God must woo. He must not uh, coerce. He gives us enough evidence to believe, but not an evidence, enough evidence to make us believe. And now number five, we have to learn consequences. If God wipes away all consequences, then we would never learn to live a righteous life, a life that makes sense. No one would ever learn to play sports if you could just pray and uh, the ball would all of a sudden turn left or right and go in the soccer net or go through the basketball hoop. Um, No, God wants you to learn from the mistakes, to learn how to do it right with music or life or religion. So if you could smoke all your life and then at the last minute you get cancer or emphysema, you could pray, God, take it away and take it away, then... Why not do whatever you want? Never spend any time with your kids and end of your life and say, God, please give me my kids back. And it all comes out okay. So God has to, wants us to learn consequences. So that we do things right because it's right, because it makes sense. We had a little boy, our chaplain that last year, Sam Lenore, his little boy Micah. He's in high school now. But they told him, of course, like everybody, don't put your hand on the stove. Don't put your hand in the oven. Just stay out of there. It's hot. It'll burn you. He didn't do it. Two years old. (laughs) But... Somehow his whole arm in the oven and burned, had to go to the hospital, all in bandages. Saddest picture I've ever seen, his little boy, so painful. A boy, he never touched the hot stove again. You learn. The reason heaven will be safe forever is because everyone will have learned that was a bad idea. Sin is lethal, sin will kill you. And if God is going to give the good guys free choice, he has to give the bad guys free choice too. The way it is. They have to learn consequences. So with tears streaming down his face, God lets people have free choice. Learn the consequences, learn from your mistakes, and come back and say, okay, that was a bad idea. I don't want to do that again. And I've had people tell me, I could line them across the whole stage. Patrick Dan, if you ever need someone to get up in front and say, I tried it. It didn't work. It was a bad idea. Don't do what I did. So those are the big five. Now what can we do? What can we do? We're going to have a world with suffering in it. Well, number one, we can watch God make good come out of it. I don't think God causes the evil, but he is uh, very gifted and magically redeeming whatever evil comes into our world from the other side and making good come out of it. God has a plan A, but if some plan B or C happens, he he can twist it and make great come out of it. Richard Rice tells a famous story about the man who had a world-class, chance-of-a-lifetime piece of marble. He was a sculptor, and he began to work with that uh, great piece of, of marble. going to be this Michelangelo, you know, the, the greatest thing that he's ever done. He was maybe half the way through when all of a sudden uh, a vandal came with a knife and sliced across the face of it wrecked it. All the other people around were horrified, you know, this great piece of marble was going to be destroyed. The master came in uh, later in the morning and saw what had happened, sat there and stared at it, stared at it another day, brought a chair, just stared at it again, just heartbroken to lose this piece of marble. The story goes that he finally took up his knives and sculpting tools and began to work again. And they say that he took that big scar and he incorporated it into the final product in such a way that it looked as if it was on purpose, that that was all part of it. And that's why many people look back in their life and they they, they think they was like... God did it, and God intended it. Even Joseph said God then intended it for good, even though it was evil. And I think God is just creative, and he's immensely creative, and he can do wonderful things, even with suffering. Number two, we can pray for heaven to come. Pray for this to come to an end And God says. Pray for it. Jesus, come. Behold, I'm coming soon. He said, Maranatha, come quickly. We need him to come. So we pray. But while we're praying for God to come, we do something about it. You think of what rich people can do. They can pay enough and they can just wipe out a whole disease from a country in Africa somewhere. Most of us can't do that. But we can do something. Rick Riley's Sports Illustrated, I loved it. He wrote an article about these mosquito nets that were treated. Mosquitoes hit them and they die. $12, 15 $20, whatever it was. He's raised $40 million or something for that project. They have saved maybe millions of lives in Africa. It's a great story. We all do what we can i take mission trip groups over there we build churches and orphanages we pass out clothes took blankets for years now we take water filters twenty dollars we can give someone a water filter that will give them a million gallons for the rest of their life they will have clean water it's great stuff now with this virus i watched the story this singer jewel she said i'm going to do a show people take food to people musician basketball player took food to these older people went into the market and brought food out People are doing great things, health care people on the front lines. You do what you can to push evil back, try to solve the problem. But finally, we go back to the story of Daniel chapter 3. Jesus talks to those three young men, and he says, if you'll stand up for me, I'll join you in the furnace. Most of us want the furnace to be taken away. God, take this away. I don't want, even Jesus said, can you just take this cup away. I don't want to deal with it. Take away these suffering. Take these people away that bother me. God, take Make the hot go away. Make the mosquitoes go away. Take the suffering away. Or we can say to God, take me away from the suffering. That's okay too. (laughs) Just take me away from here. If you don't want to deal with the suffering, but just remove me from the fire. And sometimes God does both those things. But in this particular case, he said to those three young men, if you'll stand up for me, I'll join you. I'll be there for you. They throw them into the fire. They don't know Jesus is going to come save them. They're flying through the air. They hit the ground. They think they're going to die, going to burn up and they're not burned up, and they look around, and Jesus is there, Son of Man. Nebuchadnezzar shouts out, I think we throw three men into the fire, but behold, I see the fourth, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Psalm 23, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. That's what God promises. And that's what Rabbi Krishna got right. God promises to come down and be with us. He feels our pain. He joins us in our pain. He walks with us, and he redeems it. Sometimes he helps us find our way out of it by going to the doctors and medicine, finding money, getting a job, getting a new friend, whatever the solutions are. But he joins us in our suffering. I told a story in the church the other day about a king and his court. Years ago, there was this backslidden Adventist named Eddie Fainer who had was a great softball pitcher, huge guy. I went and watched him do it in Portland one time. He only had three other players, a catcher and two fielders, but that was enough, and they could win with just the four against nine. They could bring the all-star team, and he would win. I watched it amazing. He could strike people out. He could do it blindfolded. He could pitch from second base. He could pitch from behind his back. Great stuff. It didn't matter really who the three were as long as they had the fourth. He was the one, the king and his court. We have the fourth who's in the fire with us. So, now we can come to the last phrase in this verse that says, when they came out of the fire, there was no trace of the fire upon them. Amazing point. And someday that's going to be true for us. We will come out of this world. We will be resurrected and there will be no death. Revelation 21 says there will be no more death, no more crying, no more pain, no more sorrow, for the former things are passed away. There will be no more trace. Come back one more time. We'll wrap it up next time tomorrow. This is God Talk. We're wrestling with Daniel 3 why God allows suffering. May God be with you today.